When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Answer this for me. Were we, you saw Anthony Barr from a distance when you covered the Buffalo Bills and we were maybe a little bit too close to the fire. His rookie season, everyone in this town thought, oh my God, the, mm-hmm. the, um, barring an injury, no pun intended. Good one. This will be one of the most ferocious, game-changing defensive players in the league for multiple years. He was that in spurts for the first two, took a step back last year. Why? Did we overrate him? Was it injuries? What do, do you think? I do not think you overrated him. I think in his first two years, he was a superstar-level player, especially year two. I think he was even better than year one. Uh, pro Football Focus had him among the elite defensive players in the league, not just at his position, but in the whole league in 2015. And in 2016, I think a couple of things happened. One of them, though, I think the biggest one was teams started game planning to throw at him. That if there was one criticism going all the way back to UCLA with Anthony Barr, it was his coverage. And he got it. I think he got a big interception in 2015 that stuck out as a splash play. Uh, But he wasn't like an incredible cover linebacker. He was rushing the passer a lot and he was last year, too. But I don't think teams were really going after him specifically. But when Xavier Rhodes emerges as a shutdown corner and really makes this big splash by shutting down Odell Beckham, everyone in the league went, you know what? They just probably pass on throwing at Xavier Rhodes. He's one of the best in the league at interceptions. He's just this big, big time player. Let's just move away from throwing at him so much. When you throw at Captain Munnerlyn, it's really hard to get away from him. Captain Munnerlyn was one of the better tacklers at his position. So he gave up a lot of completions, but they weren't big plays. So you're looking around, you're going, do I really want to throw at Harrison Smith? Uh, that's a big time no. Yep. They protected Terrence Newman, which is why he performed so well in part. So you're looking around, okay, who's left? Eric Hendricks is a good cover linebacker. There's only one guy who doesn't have that skill, really, and that's Anthony Barr. And I think they went after him over and over again last year. There may have been some injury. His missed tackles went up a lot. His run stuffing also went down a lot. I think part of that, though, might have been Sharif Floyd wasn't playing. So in that case, you've got Shamar Steffen, who's a well-below-average replacement player, I think that those big guys up front have a lot to do with how the linebackers perform in run stopping. But where he was still very good was rushing the passer. He still scored quite high. He still got a good number of pressures. And I think what we might see this year is a transition to him becoming kind of a pure pass rusher. You mentioned that the Vikings thought they had like their Vaughn Miller. Well, that's an edge rusher. And Khalil Mack was made into an edge rusher, too. 
But you can't really make Barr an edge rusher because you have Daniil Hunter and Everson Griffin, two elite players at the position. But you can use Barr as a rusher all the time or a high percentage. I looked up uh, Dante Hightower and pretty much one out of every four passing plays or one out of four just plays and almost one out of every two passing plays. Dante Hightower for the Patriots is rushing the passer. Yeah. Barr's ratio is a little lower, and so I think that we might say, all right, just go get him, and we'll do some different things. Maybe we'll drop a defensive lineman back in coverage. I was going to say, zone, yeah, what, what's the substitute like then? Yeah, well, I mean, you usually try to find a way to rush five anyway, and so sure. I think you'd just be using him more often. The other thing, too, is they kind of cut back on how often he was doing like the double-A gap blitz. They got burned a time or two up the middle on big runs, and I think Zimmer got gun-shy with Chicago, that. right? At Soldier Field? Chicago. Didn't they get burned pretty badly in that the, game early? Yes, that was the J. Ron Curse took the wrong angle to the line one that he should have just made that tackle easily. The one that sticks out, though, is against Detroit. They had a 42-yard run. It was on a double-A gap blitz right up the middle, and he and uh, Theo Reddick just ran right by everybody. And I think Zimmer got a little concerned after that. The teams were then game planning to run right up the middle on them when he brought the double-A gap blitz and backed off it a bit. You could see it in the numbers in my piece that he they blitzed up the middle with Barr less. And I think it should become a major, major part of their scheme next year to get the most out of his skill that is number one on the list. When he was coming out, yeah. they thought this is going to be a guy who gets 10 sacks a year. If teams saw that coming then and uh, and could pr- uh, predict it, that that becomes that your your look is too simple, right? So if if I'm a team and I see that and I can predict that blitz, basically what what you have to do is counter and disguise that look, correct? Yes, uh, they do a lot with a double I was going to say because yeah, they yeah they do, they, they do would. disguise it. Um, a play that sticks out in my mind was against Houston, mm-hmm. where they showed that blitz like Hendricks to come up the middle and. Brock Osweiler read it and decided he was going to dump off to the running back. And Kendricks, his first reaction wasn't to come after the passer. It was just to go right toward the running back. And teams actually did this to Sam Bradford all the time in the second half of last year. They showed blitz up the middle. So his first thought was, oh, I'm going to get it out to Jarek McKinnon real quick. But they didn't blitz. The linebacker just ran right out to the running back and three-yard game. See, that right there is the cat-and-mouse game, the chess game at the line of scrimmage that fascinates me the most because I think there's a major poker element to being a great quarterback. Can you sit at a live poker table and look at someone who's trying to communicate to you in some form that they have a good hand or that they don't have mm-hmm. a good hand, and you have to figure out, are they lying? Well, is a linebacker who's twitching at the line of scrimmage lying to you, or is he legitimately coming to rip your head off, and how do you then adjust to what you think he's going to do? The solution to that for quarterbacks is that the really good ones get the ball, and they go, oh, you're not blitzing. What else do I have? I'll look over there, I'll look right. over there, I'll move my feet in the pocket, and part of that... Sam Bradford didn't have a lot of time to do that, but even when he did, he wasn't doing it that effectively, where he was getting to, okay, I've I've read what you're doing after the snap. Pre-snap reads, I think he's very good at. So if you've got a cover one safety up top and he sees Adam Thielen's one-on-one, he knows Adam Thielen can beat that corner down the sideline and he can make that throw, and he'll just drop it right in over him 30 yards just like that. Yeah. They did that to Houston. They did that to Jacksonville. They did it to Washington. Green Bay, I think, even when they were getting yep, smoked. They, yeah. they did it to Green Bay, right. And then the uh, the double moves and things like that, if you have a one-on-one matchup, that's what he's looking for because he knows Diggs and Thielen can beat those guys. But when teams were able to trick him pre-snap and then show him something else after the snap, 
that's where he struggled a lot. Now with Barr, and the and the great thing about the Vikings defense is they have so much talent on the ends and in the middle with Linval Joseph. If you just start bringing dudes after the quarterback, you're probably going to cause a lot of ruckus. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to not give that quarterback much time to get to second, third reads. So even if he knows Anthony Barr is coming, Anthony Barr is a beast. He can beat guards one-on-one. And that's why they love to bring him. The double-A gap is right in the middle, right between the guard and the center. You bring him right there, and you just cause a lot of problems. And there are different things you could do with him. You can bring Daniil Hunter inside and have Barr come outside, so then it's Hunter against the guard, and then you force the offensive line to you know react really quickly. I mean, there's this talent is so incredible with the way they can pass rush that it's a nightmare for opposing teams. If you have Barr coming even more often, you'll have to do things to adjust for sure. And you know that you're going to get beat on run plays. There's no question. You will give up a big run play now and then. But I would make that sacrifice all the time. A lot of teams do. It's why why the Floyd spot is so important, though. I agree with that. To your point, that becomes because if that spot's good, you you are really tough. If it's not, it becomes dicey. And the teams that do things similar to this... Uh, they usually have some guys in the middle that are pretty good. We call them three techniques. Yeah, they do call them three techniques. Or, I mean, but Linval Joseph. Mackie and Judd's three technique. Linval Joseph is so dominant in the middle, though, that if he's in there and he's 100%, I think you can put somebody next to him, whether it's Dayton Jones or uh, the guy they just signed, Sutton from the Bears or whatever. Third round pick. I think that you can put guys next to him and they'll have a better chance to succeed even if they're not Sheree Floyd. So there's a lot of different options here. I just think that going into the offseason, Mike Zimmer has to acknowledge this linebacker you have in Anthony Barr is a pass rusher. He's not going to be, I don't know, who comes to mind, Junior Seau or something, like an all-around player who can do everything is what they wanted him to do. And it's what he was in 2015, but you have to adapt just like in baseball, where if you have a big year, guess what? Yes. you Puig, you had a big year and everyone's talking about you get, you're going to get more sliders now or whatever. Sure. We saw your weakness. Yeah. Well, they saw, I, I looked at a bunch of Anthony Barr in coverage and it's a major weakness to him reading, reacting, getting his feet moving when uh, he he has to cover a tight end that's fast against Eric Ebron. He had some trouble. So what you have to do is not say, we're going to keep forcing this guy. We know he could be an all-around linebacker. You have to say, he's good at one thing. He's really good at that. And even in his down year, he was really good at that. So let's have him do that all the time. Yeah. Uh, so if people want to read more about Anthony Barr, 1500ESPN.com. Is it our featured story right now, Matthew Collar? Or somewhere, uh, somewhere. It is on the front page. I think clickable. Teddy Bridgewater is still in the middle if you want to read that. Cool. So check that out. These guys have the best Vikings podcast you're going to find. Ben Gessling, Matthew Collar, and Judd Zolget. It's called Purple Podcast. iTunes, Podcast One, 1500ESPN.com. Dave, what kind of questions do you have for the three of us next? First of all, I think you should note the Champions Club is filling up nicely behind home plate there. The base pass are filling in, up nicely for the Twins people. right now, Eat the too. free popcorn. Yeah, absolutely. Eat the prime rib. Uh, I want to ask a question inspired by a caller off air about the center fielder, Mr. Buxton, and something hypothetical about Vikingsville, as it was described last segment. You think you like football? Trent Dilfer doesn't just really like football. He loves football. 
This is Spider 2 Snag. Not Wide Banana, the one he likes, but that's Spider 2 Snag, and he knows what I'm talking about, but using Antoine Bolton as the fullback. Football! Football, yeah! Everything's getting more expensive these days. Gas, rent, and even your music. While other music services keep jacking up their prices, Live One is letting you lock in the best music membership at the best price. Live One Plus is just $3.99 per month. Get all your favorite music ad-free, along with unlimited skips and maximum audio quality. Beat inflation with the best deal in music at just $3.99 per month. Visit liveone.com slash best music to get Live One Plus now.